can one be spiritual without being religious? We greatly appreciate this time we have each week to study God's Word with you. You can find this broadcast along with past editions, service times, contact information, and more by visiting benchurchofchrist.org. I bet you know or have heard someone declare that they are spiritual but not religious. I recently heard this statement from a work colleague as another staff member mentioned something about going to church. He made the comment that he was a very spiritual person, but not religious. He explained that he just didn't believe in all of the rules and regulations and such that go along with church and religion. So what about that? Can you be spiritual and not be religious? We read of spiritual individuals in our New Testament, and by this I mean those that seem to have, have a sense of belief in a higher power. Their actions seem to give reason that they believed a higher power, that they had some level of reverence toward a greater good. The Gospel of Mark introduces us to several of these. We read in Mark chapter 2, there was an individual that had palsy or he was paralyzed. He seemed to have some level of spirituality. There was a woman with a hemorrhage in Mark 5 and 25. And then we read of an individual by the name of Bartimaeus. He was a blind beggar in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 46. And as we read about these individuals, they certainly seem to have a level of faith and or understanding, though their religious affiliation was not really brought forward or evident or evident. Now, we also read on the other side of religious leaders, those that were heavily involved in rules, regulations, rights, and laws regarding who, what, when, and where when it came to this concept of religion. And we go back to the same text that we were just looking at in the Gospel of Mark uh, with the individual that uh, was paralyzed that had palsy. We read in Mark chapter 2, verse number 6, there were certain of the scribes sitting there, and again, these individuals are the ones that were copying the law, certain scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can, for, for, who can forgive sins but God only? We then read in Mark chapter uh, 2 and verse number, uh, verse number 16, when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? He's going against some of the rules and the laws and the regulations. You're not supposed to do that. And in Mark chapter 2, verse number 24, Pharisees said unto him, Why do they on the Sabbath day do that which is not lawful? So we have examples First, of those that seemed to be spiritual, but there was really no indication of their religion. And then we have those that were very much concerned, possibly overly concerned, about the rules, regulations, laws, and such concerning religion. Now, as we continue to follow the path of Christ and the apostles, the disciples, those given charge to continue his work, uh, after he was, uh, after he was uh, uh, crucified and rose again, we have a statement that is very familiar to us. In Matthew chapter 16, we pick up in verse number 13. 
When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they replied, they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this is the foundation, as we understand, of the church. This is the foundation of religion. This is the foundation of spirituality for those that follow Christ. And the book of Acts, the acts of those disciples, the events, the acts of those apostles bring forward uh, of many examples of individuals that came forward. We have in Acts chapter 8, we have the Ethiopian eunuch that was studying. He certainly seemed to have a concept of spirituality, and he asked the question, what must I do? We have Ananias in Acts chapter 9. We have the Cornelius and the household of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. We have the jailer in Acts chapter 16. We also have Lydia in Acts chapter 16. Crispus and his family in Acts chapter 18. All of these are examples of individuals who certainly seem to have some sense of a higher power, a belief in a, 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 a greater power, a one that was overall, if you will, a, a god, but their, quote, religion certainly possibly seemed to have some question. We continue reading in Matthew chapter 16. That Simon Peter again said, Thou art the Christ, verse 16, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, that confession, upon this rock I will build my church, a religious institution, if you will, and the gates of hell, his death, shall not prevail against it. Interesting. Prevail against what? It. What is it? It is the church. It is that religious institution. It is that, that, that institution that was being established in order for those that were spiritual to be obedient. We have examples of this concerning it in Acts chapter 2 from the Amplified Bible, verse number 44. And all those who believed in Jesus as a Savior were together, and they had all things in common. That is, they considered their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all the other believers as anyone had need. Day after day, they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts. They were organized. So what happened in Acts chapter 2? There were those there that had faith. There were those there that had a concept of a greater power. They had heard about this Christ. They were believing in this Christ. And what happened? They acted on it. 
that organized concept of them coming together was what they did after they obeyed the message that was given unto them. We read it, read in Acts chapter 4, verse number 32, again from the Amplified Bible. Now the company of believers was of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was exclusively his own, but everything was common property and for the use of all. They were spiritual individuals. They were a company of believers, but they organized in Acts chapter 6, and in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians about the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, the daily offering, the daily giving, uh, and supplies of their needs. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the work of the, the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, that we may appoint them over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, of Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they sent before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased... And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Were they just spiritual? Or did they come together and organized as a group of believers? They organized. And in Acts chapter 8, we read, continuing the, the path of this one called Stephen, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was great persecution against the church, which is at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad uh, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. What happened? The persecution caused their coming together and their organizing to be scattered. So they broke up their organized coming together. The church, if you will, was scattered. But what happened in verse number four? Therefore, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word, just as it started in Acts chapter two. Preaching the word, believers and the believers were coming together everywhere that these individuals were scattered and they were preaching. And as they came together believing, the church, if you will, was formed. In the book of Ephesians in chapter number one, far, far above all principalities, verse 21, and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head hall over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. This is the first word of the first use of the word church in the New Testament. This word ecclesia refers to an assembly of citizens, the called out ones, the official representatives, if you will. The church is not a building nor a religious institution, but it is a company. It is a group of individuals committed to the cause. It is a community where brothers and sisters come together as one and worship. The church's people, the redeemed of God, the people of God. It's God's primary program in the world, if you will. The visible expression 
of Christ. The voluntary association, as it was back then, of those committed to the cause of Christ. We know that religious leaders were set in order in Titus chapter 1 in order to be overseers in verse number 7 as stewards of God in order to help maintain this institution, this religious organization in order to keep it on track. We read in 1 Peter chapter 1, put away all malice, says the English Standard Version. 1 Peter chapter 2, and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn babes or newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good as you have come to him a lively stone, interesting use of words there, a lively stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen related to that word ecclesia, and precious as held in honor. You yourselves like living stones. Who? Those newborn babes. Those newborn babes. Those young converts. Like living stones are built up a spiritual, there's that word, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. You are a chosen generation, 1 Peter 2 and 9, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In verse number 11, as sojourners and exiles, King James says strangers and pilgrims, to abstain from the passions of the flesh. And in verse number 18 of Matthew we read that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That religious organization, those things that are set forward that we are to do and not to do when we come together. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? which is in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 46. We cannot be spiritual and not be religious. Thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to our visit again next week at this time. Until then, have a very blessed day.